podcast is part of the 80s Ruled Network. Visit the 80s Ruled on Facebook for more 1980s awesomeness. More crazy 1980s Christmas songs. I'm not stopping. Right. Get her done. Only moving forward. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of 1980s Now, a weekly examination of the importance of 1980s pop culture and its influence today. My name is Will. And joining as and joining me, as, you know, I realize this thing I read every week has typos in it. No. It says, and joining as always are my friends. And joining me as always, <laughs> good thing I don't really read it. And joining me as always are my friends and co-hosts, Ray and Kat. Hi, guys. How's it going? <laughs> I, like I should have held my arm out of this. Ray and Kat. <laughs> hey, on today's show, we're well, going to be reviewing hey, Yoma. If you're going to use your podcast voice, we're all going to have to do it. Oh, okay. Is everything <laughs> in like really? Uh... Yeah, it's very exaggerated. Like, uh, oh. like I should have went. Uh, you know how the, the YouTubers and the influencers have that thing where they're like. Like uh, a sign on or a sign off? Or... Yeah, when they sign on, they're like, uh, hey, everybody. Yeah. On today's video. Right. <laughs> they got that really exaggerated style of their voice. Hey, it's your boy, Will. Right. <laughs> Don't forget to hit that like, subscribe button, or I won't be able to do this show tomorrow. Smash it. <laughs> I got to get out of my mom's house. <laughs> hey, on today's show, we'll be reviewing 12 more interesting Christmas songs from the 1980s. So look, we did this last year, 2020. Kat wasn't with us though, but she knows because mm-hmm. she listened to mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, did we tell you we found Kat through a listener contest? Okay, no, we didn't. <laughs> And but it turns out Ray found another twelve songs that are interesting from the nineteen eighty Christmas songs from the nineteen eighties, and we're going to be talking about amazing, those. amazing. Yep. And to help us go through this, we're going to go through those. We're going to be joined by our very special guest, author Ed Daly, who just published the Christmas book, the ultimate guide to your favorite holiday. And this thing, I mean, it talks about, and it's you know I should mention this is like a light reading. Look, it's a big book. But it's light reading. You know, it's not heavy. It's funny and it's interesting and it provides just like the information you would, interesting information about something that you'd hope to know, you know? Uh, so in the sense that it's cool. it's got a lot in it, it's, you know, provides little details for all these different things. Music, movies, and we're talking about from all different eras, history about different Christmas traditions, but it, of course it includes uh, tons of references to pop culture from the 1980s. And that's why we're talking to him today. And he'll be helping us with our 1980s Christmas songs later. Okay, hey, let's get caught up on 1980s news. Hey! Today in 1980s news, per movie web, it's been almost a decade. I can't even believe this. It's almost been a decade since uh, the last Evil Dead uh, movie came out, you know, rebooting the franchise. Um, and, And at that time, it had a lot of gore and very little of the signature humor of the early films. Or the TV series, which TV series was very much the tone of the movies. But now, Lee Cronin, a director who I'm not familiar with, but who was handpicked by Sam Raimi. <laughs> talking about ty- typos. My thing says, I wrote, I don't know why. Handpicked by Sam Ramito. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Uh, anyway, nice. this <laughs> Lee Cronin is going to direct the next installment of the franchise. In this one, we'll see the Deadites attacking an apartment block. And even though uh, Bruce Campbell is retired from playing Ash Williams, he's now behind the scenes producing the film. And he was just interviewed on a a German website, BlairWitch.de. And he described what uh, fans can expect from the latest in the decades old horror franchise. He said, 
this film will be different. This one's dark. This one's pretty serious. And then with regard to the director, Lee Cronin, he said, Lee Cronin is a very serious man. He's a very serious director. He's a very atmospheric director. This doesn't sound very Evil Dead to me. This has always been the formula they intended to go with. This is no secret. That it would be it's, more serious horror films? Well, when they originally started talking about the remake, yeah, it was going to be, we're going to do a serious horror movie for the remake, mm-hmm. and that's going to give us the cash to do the next Evil Dead with Bruce movie, which oh. turned into Ash vs. Evil Dead. It became oh. a TV series instead. Okay. The original plan was do a horrible horror movie, <laughs> do a good Bruce Campbell movie, do a sequel to the horror movie that's violent and not a comedy mm. and just keep flip-flopping them so that the money comes in from the newer one. But because Bruce and time and everything and they did the TV series, so they really... Yeah. I, I'm glad they did that because I yeah. like that a lot. I, I like that better than getting another, oh, yeah. you know, fourth movie. It's a lot so. longer. I mean, you know, every episode is yeah. an hour long and it's just about three seasons. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and every one's fantastic. Yeah, it's a good show. So, well, yeah, that was always the plan. Okay. Well, I guess, look, there's not never going to be another Bruce Campbell type. No. Uh, I shouldn't say type. There's not going to be another Bruce Campbell. <laughs> it would have to be a complete unknown who has spent his entire childhood <laughs> studying Bruce Campbell. Like the only thing he's seen yeah. on TV is mm. Bruce Campbell stuff. Mm. And the only thing he's allowed to read are books about Bruce yeah. Campbell. Huh. And this kid's messed up, but he's great <laughs> no. for a movie. But he is Bruce Campbell, yeah. basically. Uh, well, we're going to have to wait until 2022 to find out uh, if this movie's any good, unlike the last one, which wasn't very good, uh, when it premieres on well, HBO Max. But you're just a, the, the other you know, one. The other one was decent. Yeah. I guess I'm just like, you're, you, you know, you're, you're explaining this to me that I didn't know. So I had expectations and it's. Yeah. It's a horror hmm. movie. Now, Bruce Campbell is in that movie right now called The Black Friday that I haven't watched, but the trailer looks like a Evil Dead <laughs> it movie. Is, I watched it. It's fantastic. I want to watch that. That looks good. It is. It is good. I liked it a lot. I mean, it's, it's right. It's, it's, he plays like a, a nerdy guy working at S Mart this time. He's the, yeah, of, he's the boss. The boss, yeah. He's the boss this time. Yeah. All right. Hey. So, uh, and, uh, I have good. no reference point for any of this. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hey, in other 80s news, according to the uh, Future of the Force website, two characters from Ghostbusters Afterlife are coming from Hasbro. All right, folks, listen. We'll talk about a spoiler from the movie. If you don't want to hear it, skip ahead. I don't know, four minutes probably will be done, right? Four, five. Yeah, like I always say, skip ahead 20 minutes. Yeah, then we'll, Ed will be joining us. We'll be talking about songs. But anyway, we're going to mention something in the movie that you might not want to know. All right, last, last chance. Get out. Okay. <laughs> Uh, since obtaining the license, Hasbro's uh, Ghostbusters Plasma series has delivered some of the best franchise figures ever created, according to the Future of the Force. Whether it's characters from the original film or from Jason Reitman's uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, there's been a figure for every major character except one, McKenna Grace's Phoebe Spangler. That is, until now. Now, look, we talked, well, okay, I guess I'll just say what it is. So Hasbro announced that it'll be releasing a double pack of figures that are going to feature Phoebe and another character the ghost version of Egon Spangler, uh, who appears at a, you know, pivotal point, uh, point in the film. <laughs> Look, my first mm-hmm. thought was, we talked last week about how some critics were saying, it's distasteful to recreate Harold Ramis just for this film, you know, et cetera, and so on. We talked about how his family signed off on it early before they even moved forward with making this movie. Ray said, hey, I think the p- people that worked on the original Ghostbusters are friends of, of Harold's. They know what he would have wanted. And, 
This seems a little <laughs> less appropriate. I think this is crossing. You know, I I wouldn't usually say something this normal, but <laughs> I think this is distasteful. I really, yeah. I, I am. I'm kind of bothered wow. by this. Yeah. Do you think they got approval or had to get approval from the family? I, or? I, hmm. I think when they signed off for the movie, they just shoved it in the contract and they didn't hmm. even realize it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think legally. Wow. So someone can't, appropriate someone's likeness and start creating products based on it, you know, but if it's a character from a film, they may not have a right to it because it's the character. Huh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know, Ray, if they would have, because it seems like this think is a cash a, grab. I mean, I just think it's really distasteful since yeah. the guy wasn't even alive when the movie came out Yeah, and now we're selling ghost action figures of him. It just, it's creepy. Yeah. The, the one in the film, it's like a touching sort of moment. It's honors his legacy and contributions to creating the film and acting in it. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It seems gross. Like, like I'm all on board with say a zombie Elvis figure, yep. stuff like mm-hmm. that. I think enough time has passed since his death. Okay, sure. That uh, I think that's okay to be funny now. Yep. There's like a there's like a gap there. Mm. You know, Titanic humor and Columbine humor aren't quite the same because of the time frame, sure. how far away they were. I'm going to say tragedy mm-hmm. plus time equals comedy, as uh, somebody yes. said once. So, uh, yeah, like if they made a movie with a ghost Elvis in it, like if, it, if that was what was in Afterlife and it was Elvis as the ghost who helped yeah. them, and then they made the action figure, I'd be okay with it. Hmm. Interesting point. I think I'd also feel a little bit better mm-hmm. about it if if it were... That the uh, that, that this was made for uh, kids to play with, you know, and kids who don't know better and they want to play with that figure because they think it's so cool. Yeah. But this mm-hmm. is described as a collectible. It's from the yes. Plasma series. It comes with all these little things, these uh, little details that are only come with the more expensive toys that some nerd's going to put on a shelf somewhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. It just seems weird. I don't uh. like it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> a little creepy. <laughs> hey, in other uh, 1980s news, per Fox and a number of other outlets are reporting the story. You probably have heard it. Singer Tiffany swears at concert goers <laughs> during an awkward, I think we're alone now performance, yelling, F- you guys, to the fans gathered there. Wow. Okay. So the story, as the story goes, uh, on November 21st, uh, the 80s pop star was in Melbourne, Florida for a show where she, she lost her cool. In a video obtained by TMZ and widely available on the internet, the last time I checked on uh, YouTube, it had about 450,000 views. Mm-hmm. In the video, she's seen, the 50-year-old was seen struggling as she attempted to belt out her, her single, I Think We're Alone Now. Tiffany, whose real name is Tiffany Darwish, was heard singing hoarsely and even skipped some lyrics at some points. Now, so I have a clip of it mm-hmm. here for you. Now, just to set this up, because I'm going to play the whole clip. I have a piece of it here. Mm-hmm. But if, if, you've, if you watch the video or hear the audio from it, She's trying to sing along and, uh, well, I shouldn't say that. I'm assuming she's trying. Maybe she's not. She sings some (laughs) words of some kind and then she just starts vamping, making sounds. Mm -hmm, The mm -hmm. audience starts saying things back, singing along. And that's when she starts swearing at them and says, Mm -hmm. F you guys. And then she says, this is my song. I'm going to sing it as the best way possible or something like that. And this, mm-hmm. and this is her singing it as, as good as she just you know, proclaimed. Oh, 
I'm sorry. Is that my audio from New Year's <laughs> Eve at 12 a.m.? <laughs> it could be. It could be. <laughs> I wish I had that. That would be a great. <laughs> Which one's Ray? Which one's Tiffany? So, 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 so did you see her answer for what happened when she apologized? Yes. Yeah. I was wondering if you guys watched you that. Say of course. And, and yeah. listened to her explanation. Yeah. Because I was super excited to hear her lie about what actually happened. Yes. <laughs> so, okay. So during a two minute video on Instagram and Twitter, she said that, quote, I am so sorry. I panicked. It's not often that I lose my voice. And I got up there and just absolutely had a panic attack, a meltdown, end quote. Now I've had panic attacks. I'll tell you guys, they're serious things. It's, mm-hmm. it's common. Yeah. It really can, mm-hmm. you know, take over and make you want to fight, oh, fight yeah. or flight. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. not to, uh, you know, dismiss that or, or minimize that. Of course not. This woman is drunk off her ass when she <laughs> tries on. to sing that song. She, right. Come on. Do you I, know yeah. how many times I've been on stage and I sounded just like that? I know how much you got. She's not wearing any shoes. She's stumbling around the stage. Yes. Mm-hmm. She cl- she says, this is my song. No, it's not your song. <laughs> your your karaoke singer. <laughs> your big hit is a karaoke song. All right. <laughs> it is you on New Year's. I mean, you are a drunk woman at a bar <laughs> doing karaoke. Oh my God. That's so funny. Lucky for you. They loved you <laughs> and they helped you sing it. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you were bombing. Yeah. 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 I, how could she not have been compromised? <laughs> yeah, I don't feel bad about saying that at all. Because if she won't admit it, whatever. You'll do Claim it Claim you her. had a panic attack. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, you know, I guess that's what bothered me the most too, was clearly she seems to be, mm. I agree with you, she seems to be drunk. Especially yeah. because yeah. she does have a voice. Mm-hmm. She's oh, yeah. just slurring words and not singing words. Like I've been right. with performers who lose their voice. Mm-hmm. And it sounds different and they're still <laughs> able to, you know, they're all there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, and, and I did feel bad that she her, seemed to lie. Yeah. 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 If you listen to her apology, she starts out singing right. in the apology and it sounds very nice Yeah, and yeah. nothing like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's just a mean person in general. Oh no. You don't well. say. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. I better say allegedly because I don't want to get sued for defamation of character. Mm. Well, she was mm. uh, allegedly drunk, in my opinion. Yes, and allegedly a mean person, in my opinion. And allegedly, mm. this is karma. That's the first thought I had was <laughs> karma. I was wondering. Yeah. Although she probably doesn't even know why it's karma. But it, but you know, I guess so. Everybody else knows though, because we don't want anybody thinking like uh, that. We have anything against Tiffany? We love Tiffany. It's just, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, to make the, a long story short, she was scheduled to be on the show, and I was told she was not having a good day mm-hmm. and, but that she would talk to me, although her time may be shorter than we expected. And so I said, Hey, let's, can we do it on a different day? I don't want to trouble her. She's having, not having a good day. I was told, Oh, th- I was thanked. Oh, that's th- Thank you for being so considerate. We'll reschedule. Oh. And then her publicist ghosted me and, and I don't know why she's, she doesn't return my emails anymore. She doesn't, my phone calls, nothing. And I have no idea why that would be, you know, but hmm. anyway, we love Tiffany. She, she performed at race high school when, when, you know, when he was, uh, when she was starting out, they won a radio contest or whatever. Yeah. All right. Whatever. Anyway, look, <laughs> it's probably the same publicist that's telling her to, you know, to say she had a panic attack and not say what seems to be true. And look, yep. we've all had fun and maybe too much fun sometimes. And that's fine. I've done drunk no. karaoke tons of times. Right. That's perfectly normal. Right. Ray's drunk karaoke reading the lyrics off of a screen and still right. sounded like that. That's right. I'm not even sure though. Was there a screen in that video? 
<laughs> no, and, and you'd not one you could see. No, no. Because ah. a lot of these people like to use those. Yeah, no. Hmm. All right. Hey, so there you go. <laughs> karma. That's the end of 1980s <laughs> news karma. <Yep>. Hey, <laughs> listen, please. I'm begging you. The show is going to go off the air unless you like, rate, review, subscribe. <laughs> Send us an email saying you like the show or you listen. We need something like that. We're just on our last legs here. Will at 1980snow.com. Yeah, buy a t-shirt. Yeah, we're going. We're stopping the podcast, but we're still designing t-shirts. We're going to shift right. Right. over to the t-shirt company. Yeah. Okay. Hey, in a moment, we're going to be joined with our guest, the author of the Christmas book, The Ultimate Guide to Your Favorite Holiday, Ed Daly. I came here in a time machine that you invented. Now I need your help to get back to the year 1980. So as I mentioned earlier on the show, we're going to be talking about 12 more, even more interesting songs, Christmas songs from the 1980s. I didn't think Ray could find any more, but he did. Of course he did, right? <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to yep. guarantee you, he has the records for at least... I'm going to see five of these or cassettes. <laughs> I'm just guessing. You'll, you'll see why I'm, I'm guessing that. But to help us uh, talk about these today, we are welcoming a special guest. He is the co-host, not the host. You want to talk to the other guy if you got any technical <laughs> questions. Co-host of the Baller Lifestyle Podcast, which uh, talks about pop culture and sports, of course, you know. That's what the baller, I, I don't follow sports, so I'm guessing that's what the baller refers to. But more importantly, in relevant today's discussion, he wrote The Christmas Book, The Ultimate Guide to Your Favorite Holiday. And I've got to tell you, we can talk about it in a moment here. This covers everything with regard to Christmas. Uh, please welcome to the show, Ed Daly. Hi, thank, thanks so much for having me on. And uh, thanks for the nice introduction. Yes, I'm the, the co-host. I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm just along for the ride. Mm -hmm. And for people who are not so into sports, yep. what I would say is, we don't actually talk about like, hey, what happened in the fourth quarter with three minutes left? Mm. We talk about why did this athlete uh, drive 240 miles an hour uh, <laughs> and oh. get into a police chase? We, we yeah. talk about like there you go. the world around mm. the athletes. We don't we don't get into like the details of sports. Right. The like, drama and the yeah, intrigue. like what's uh, what's Trent Richardson up to outside of football? <laughs> Stuff like that, right? Wow. Stuff like I mean, yeah, it's just anything kooky that happens. Uh, somebody is is at some event and something goes awry. You know, we're, we're talking about like just the the world outside of of the uh, off the field mm. kind of stuff. That's the lifestyle part of it. The baller mm -hmm. lifestyle. That's right, folks. Right. So you right. you can listen to your overly technical armchair quarterback show, and then you tune over to Baller Lifestyle and you get the real dirt. <laughs> or spill the tea, as they say. So, so Ed, so we know you, you host this or co-host. And look, we're saying this over and over again because the, quote, host of the show, if he listens to any of this, we want to make sure his feelings are not hurt. Because <laughs> That's right. People who have podcasts are sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> You'll see I've us heard. fighting at some point, Ed, no, no doubt. So my feelings will oh. be hurt. So, Ed, so, you, you know, you got this podcast where, where you, and on the podcast, you don't talk about Christmas. So what inspired no. you to write a book, a rather lengthy and, you know, detailed book about Christmas? Obviously, in short, you, you don't start a project like this if you don't love Christmas. <laughs> um, but I think I was just, I, I started off thinking about, maybe it was last Christmas, about maybe a freelance article. I'll, I'll write some columns here and there about maybe 
uh, some some TV specials, the best Christmas episodes, like kind of what you did for your Thanksgiving um, episode mm-hmm. just recently. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like talking about the new hard episode where there's no room at the end mm-hmm. with Christmas. I was trying to just look at that. And then I started thinking about, well, maybe I could point out some movies that are under the radar Weigh in on the is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Weigh in on that, and then I realized, well, I'm I'm starting to work with a book here. So um, then from there, I'll, I'll I'll write about the origins. Why, why do we bring a tree into our home? Why why are we kissing under the mistletoe? And 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 then songs. What what's the backstory? Why why did they write this song? What what's Jingle Bells doesn't have anything to do with Christmas. So why is it a Christmas song? That kind of stuff. Yep yep. And it became a whole project, and it was pretty weird because. I do love Christmas, but I tend to celebrate it after Thanksgiving and researching a book in April and May. (laughs) I'm like, am I am I really watching a 1936 adaptation of A Christmas Carol in May? What what is happening right now? Yeah, I don't know. Am I spoiling anything at the end? At the very end of the book, you talk about that, how, you know. If, if you're spending so much time at Christmas, is there, you have to run, run the potential of ruining it for yourself. Do you, <laughs> right. is it less special or is this the first Christmas? I mean, the book just came out. So is this the first Christmas you're going to find out that uh, you're not working on it so you can find out if you jo- just enjoy the season? Right. <laughs> so I was worried, like, am I going to burn out when, when Christmas is happening? Am I going to be like, oh, no, no more Christmas. Yeah. But I kind of feel like I was into a band before other people. And now other people are starting to discover it. And I'm like, oh, this is this oh. is kind of cool. Now everybody's embracing this. This is nice. fun. <laughs> are, are you prepared to use all this knowledge on everyone around you this year? Hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm trying not to be the, the jerk of the party, but <laughs> but I, I, I just came from a book signing uh, about half hour ago and yeah people are asking me questions um and i i'm trying to to toe the line from having some information in my head and also (laughs) not boring people with all of the information it's it's a delicate balance so uh, hey i appreciate you joining Mm -hmm. us today because again check out this book the christmas book by ed daly our guest today it covers everything, but it includes music. And there are there are some songs here from the 1980s that uh, some of them we're going to get into today. And, and Ed's going to help us get through that. Um, but I love about the, even the music section. It, I didn't, I guess I didn't really maybe think about it, you know, the way you sort of set it out, that many of the songs we enjoy now are songs from other centuries. I mean, they've been around for hundreds of years. Yes. And sure, we're talking about contemporary versions of these songs, but... Very old. Uh, and, and and you go back to, you know, the, some of the earliest songs that ultimately became Yuletide songs. Yeah, like Silent Night yep. was inspired by Napoleon no longer ruling Europe. Like the guy was like, <laughs> oh, f- finally, a peaceful night. Mm. He was like, great. Our, our, and, you know, just weird things from, from hundreds of years ago. Um, or wow. the whole, like, bring us some figgy pudding. I, I just always accepted those <laughs> lyrics. <laughs> But this this was because people were going house to house because like they they expected to be fed they they wanted they wanted they, this was part of the ritual like you feed us we come and entertain you there was no TV you we entertain you 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 bring us some figgy pudding I think Ray's gonna start doing that in the neighborhood I was gonna say if I would have lived back then I would have been awesome I would have been clean I've been twice as fat as I am now. <laughs> And of course, when you're in your breakdown of, you know, the various time eras with the Christmas songs. Yeah. You point out the late 20th century, of course, uh, where, where the 1980s, you know, it fits into that area, right. that era that it is. 
the era that contains some of the greatest Christmas songs. And of course we agree. And we're going to talk about those today. All right. Hey, so we got our list here. We've got our marching yep. orders. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so Ray, why don't you talk to us about the, the first uh, song on the list here that you put together for us? All right. Uh, the first song on the list is Hanoi Rocks, Dead by Christmas. It's not so long to go, though my face can show my temperature. It's getting yeah. too low. I sit in a oh. dream. It's just so classic early 1980s. Mm-hmm. Don't you feel like you could see the Cobra Kai? Like, <laughs> a training printing. montage? This, yeah, this feels yeah. like right before, because the, the, the tournament was right around Christmas. I could see the Cobra oh, Kai, like, really, mm. yes. you know, oh, training yeah. for, for the All Valley Tournament. <laughs> they, they missed out on using this song in that movie then. I agree. Yeah, uh, yeah this is from 1982, the album Self-Destruction Blues. Uh, it's basically about you're going to be dead by Christmas. Mm. And... Uh, as all good songs uh, predict the future, Razzle was dead on December mm. 9th, 1984, in a car accident with Vince Neil. Oh, man. Wow. One of the worst tragedies in hair metal. Yep. Uh, but it gets worse. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. There's a Japanese band called The Pious. Mm-hmm. Okay. They covered it in 1995. By the end of the year, two of their members died while they were filming the video. When they fell off a bridge, they were tied together for a shot, and they both fell off oh, and died. Goodness. Oh, goodness. So you're wow. suggesting this song is cursed, Ray? It is cursed. Yeah. Okay. Nobody I'm wants guess- to cover this thing. I was going to say, I'm guessing we're not going to hear a th- an update to this song. Mm. <laughs> no. But yeah, other than that, uh, it's a cool Christmas song, in my opinion, because it's about, you know, dying before Christmas, and I'm tired of Jingle Bells. So... <laughs> Well, putting music, this yeah. one on on the playlist this year. Musically, I love that. I love what it sounded like, and it was a lot, a lot of different it's, things we just heard in that first like twenty seconds there. A lot of different mm-hmm. sort of sounds, but mm-hmm. but classically, you know, early sort of new waveish rock. Uh, yeah, it was a cool season. song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cat, you want to talk to us about the next song? Sure. The next song is by Fishbone. It's called Slick Nick, You Devil, You. Slick Nick stole the reindeer from the zoo. Fishbone, that's another big one though, right? Fishbone? This is certainly not their big song. No, well, here's the thing. They never really hit the mainstream popularity thing. They were friends with like, it was like Red Hot Chili Peppers. They even opened for the Beastie Boys Mm. for the Beastie Boys International Tour for the 1987 License to Ill Tour. Were you there? Yeah, maybe maybe that's where I I I did. did You you know, I did see the Beastie Boys on that tour. Maybe I saw them there. Maybe that's why they seem familiar to me, but not that song. Yeah. They mix it, mix it up, right? They're like sometimes like this song, sometimes it's more ska, sometimes Mm -hmm. it's harder. Mm. They they Mm. really do mix it up. Yes, I did read because I wasn't familiar with them. I did. Yeah, I read uh, along those lines. Uh, But this song is one of four songs on a Christmas EP released in 1987. And according to Wikipedia, it rather quickly went out of print. But the four (laughs) songs, including this one, were preserved on a 1996 retrospective called Fishbone 101 Nuttasaurus Meg Fossil Fuelin' the Funky. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> so I, I just want to say about this song. Um, well, you'd have to listen to the whole thing, but wow, the Santa yep. that they are describing, the mm-hmm. Grinch has nothing on this guy. <laughs> Things he's, take a turn. Oh my goodness. He's drinking whiskey, smoking, breaking toys, spray painting rude gestures on the fireplace. And maybe worst of all, he was playing punk rock. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that was for mm-hmm. Ray. But watch the video. Have you watched the video for this? I didn't watch the whole no. thing, no. Oh my goodness. I got it's bored rather quickly. <laughs> well, the video is, is humorous because it's a, a collection or a montage, if you, if you will, of pictures of children being miserable sitting <laughs> on Santa's lap. <laughs> and some They're- of the Santas are, wow, <laughs> also quite miserable looking themselves. It's worth a There watch. was a funny... There was a funny book. I think it was one of the major Chicago papers asked people to submit pictures of crying on Santa's lap. And it was called Scared of Santa. And it was just oh. like 200 <laughs> different pictures of kids like yeah. freaking out on Santa's lap. Yep. That's the video. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I don't know. Fishbone. I don't know. Whatever. Fishbone came out of the, the punk rock community. And then mm-hmm. they just took a hard left and said, we're going to do whatever we want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they did. <laughs> I mean, they literally did. Uh, so, and that's where this is at. They're like, you know what would be cool? If we made a Christmas song, but mm-hmm. we don't know how to write a Christmas song. So this is what you get. How do we <laughs> write the least popular Christmas right. song? Hmm. Let's, make, let's make Santa a bad dude. Right. Okay. Hey, I want to tell you guys about the 12 days of Christmas. And sure, there's tons of uh, versions of it. But my, and this is true. My absolute favorite is this one by Bob and Doug McKenzie. A fifth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. Five golden toques, four pounds of back bacon, three French toast, two turtlenecks, and a beer in a tree. Okay, on the sixth. This uh, Twelve Days of Christmas is on tr- on is a is a track on side two of the Great White North album by the fictional characters Bob and Doug McKenzie, which who are of course portrayed by Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas. Uh, it was released in 1981. In the name of the album title is a. Everybody knows this, right? It refers to Canada, but it's also the name of the uh, sketch that they would do on their very popular SCTV show, which I was a big fan of. And Bob and Doug were my, you know, favorites on that show. Uh, and then, of course, when their their film came out, oh my gosh, you know, we rented that thing and watched it over and over and over again. Um, but this is a parody, of course, of Christmas Carol. Now, as you heard on that song, there, uh, they don't they get different <laughs> they, different types of things are given during their twelve days of Christmas. Um, <laughs> They don't actually make it to 12. They give up after eight and they can't keep up with the music anymore. Uh, and they just sort of vamp after that. Uh, but the items that they uh, want, or they're giving their true love, I suppose, uh, my true love gave to me, that they're getting from their true loves are eight comic books, seven packs of smokes, six packs of two, four, five golden toques, which is the hats that they wear, four pounds of back bacon, three French toast, two turtlenecks and a beer in a tree. <laughs> anyway, it was it was po- at least one million copies of the album were sold in North America. About uh, half of those were in, in Canada alone. It earned a triple platinum certification from the Canadian Recording Industry Association and uh, peaked at number one in Canada in, uh, in 1982 and number eight on the U.S. Billboard Top 200 that same year. In, in 1983, it was nominated for a Grammy Award, uh, the album that is, for Best Comedy Album, but it lost to Richard Pryor's Live on the Sunset Strip I think if you set yourself on fire and talk about it in a comedy uh, performance, you're probably going to beat anybody. That's right. 
Hey, did you know in 2009 they yeah. made a cartoon of this called Bob and Doug? Yes, they had yeah. a they had an animated series for a wow. period of time, and they made a music video for this song. And they had uh, Dave Thomas was on it. Yeah, Rick Moranis was only an executive producer. Right. And do you know who the other guy was? A guy who did this the voice. Did you who, who did, filled uh, in for? You know, I don't. He's him. a he's a reasonable facsimile. I don't know who did it. Who did it? Dave Coulier. Oh, okay. Another Canadian oh, uh, from, from Full House. Sir Dave, to you, buddy. Wasn't he knighted in Canada at some point? <laughs> but you know what else he did that's even crazier? Dave Coulier? Yeah. He did a lot of voices. He's a, yeah. He Dave. was Peter Venkman on The Real Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. wow. Oh, my gosh. So his two cartoon roles were way cooler than his TV show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then Alanis Morris, I wrote a song about him. I just buried the dude. Yeah. All right. Hey, rate. That's okay. I'm sorry, Ed. I was going to say, that's probably what he's most famous right, for now. Yes. Right. He's, he's the guy. <laughs> You're the guy. Um, Ed. Oh, Ed. Uh, Rafe. Yep. Can you tell us about this next song here? That is Prince, and the song is what is that called? Another, Another lonely, lonely Christmas. Christmas. Lonely Christmas. Yeah. Another lonely Christmas. His one and only Christmas song. Mm. Now, do you want the real story, or do you want the way they're going to oh. do it in the movie, like they did to Bohemian Rhapsody? Hmm. Both. No, well, I'm only telling one. <laughs> we want the real tell- story. <laughs> the real story. <laughs> All right. Uh, the song was recorded in, in uh, like February because it was going to be on Purple Rain, but eventually they decided a Christmas song wouldn't work. So they dumped it on the B-side of uh, I Would Die For You when that was released as a single. So, fast forward to Christmas Eve in beautiful Minnesota. Mm. He's uh, playing a charity concert during the day and as he did not have Paisley Park built yet, he told his sound engineer, hey, go get me a recording bus thing. (laughs) And what she knew, Matt, was, is guess what I'm not going to be doing celebrating Christmas Eve or Christmas because all this dude does once he gets in one of these things is record for days on end. <laughs> so she's like, all right. So they, she gets in the bus. They leave the show in the afternoon because it's a matinee. And they get to his house. And there's protesters out there as usual because he was in his 20s then. And they thought he was a sexual demon. So they're out there with signs about him being some kind of porn dude and whatever. <laughs> So he doesn't want to ruin Christmas for anybody, so he waits. They finally go away. They pull in, they set up, they start recording songs. The first couple they record, they won't use for a decade. It'll be a decade before they use any of this stuff. But he just keeps going into Christmas. He records on Christmas Day, makes this poor woman sit there in this recording studio on wheels. And uh, he has another show uh, at St. Paul Civic Center which is 17,000 seat sold out crowd for a charity event the next day. And he put this song on the set list that day in between baby. I'm a star and purple rain. Mm. So he, uh, he sandwiched it in there and he's never, he never played it again. That's the one and only time he's ever played it live. And I think it has something to do with, he was visited by three ghosts (laughs) <laughs> on Christmas Eve because the, the sound engineer actually says 
they would get delirious because they'd only sleep one or two hours a night when they were recording. Right. So I think he had some kind of weird dream and that's why he played it because the dream was like, uh, you know, this could be a big hit for you. <laughs> and then after he got the crowd reaction, he was like, you know, f- them ghosts. They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, but it was also like minus eight degrees that night in Minnesota. So that might've had something to do with the, the whole situation too. Lack of sleep, freezing out. Mm-hmm. Right. Song's not that bad. It just, yeah. It's a bummer though. Well, once again, it's another anti-Christmas Christmas song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Merry Christmas. You're dead. I think the most amazing things about this tale to me are, based on, we talked about uh, Prince, when we talked about the Filthy 15 a few weeks ago, is that Susan Rogers, the engineer you're talking about, it doesn't seem like they had a relationship. So Prince is alone with a woman for, you know, 48 hours, essentially. As far as we know, no shenanigans. (laughs) Yeah, that is also (laughs) the one and only time that's happened. Oh, that's a Christmas miracle. Um, I also thought it was funny in that story, Ray, where it talks about how, you know, he was doing that charity performance, but with regard to performing uh, for the charity single, We Are the World, uh, Wendy, you know, who's in his band, reportedly said that uh, uh, Prince Prince told Harry Belafonte that he didn't want to do it. And uh, according to Wendy, he said, uh, quote, he felt the song was horrible and he didn't want to be around all those mother. Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. There's so many print stories like that where somebody's like, yeah, we were in a recording studio at three in the morning on a Tuesday yeah. and he just wouldn't leave and oh, yeah. some brilliance came out of it. But yeah, he was, he was a weird dude. Um, all right, Kat, you want to tell us about the next one? <laughs> this song is called Last Night I Saw Santa Claus and it's by New Kids on the Block. Last night I couldn't believe my eyes, y'all. Uh, that's enough of that one. You know, <laughs> that is that's not even the most cringy part of the song. The most cringy part of the song is like the first five seconds where he's, who is that? Is that Donnie? Oh, that's man. Donnie. That's Donnie. He's doing like a James Brown impersonation. Oh, That's exactly so what I thought. Terrible. That's exactly what I, I was. Thought. I was thinking that they were heavily influenced by Moni Moni must have recently come <laughs> out because he's, <laughs> he's kind of doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a, yeah. Okay, so that <laughs> is the second track yeah. on the holiday album Merry Merry Christmas. Mm. It was released September 19th, 1989, shortly around the time that I first met Will. I realized. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, yes. So, um the band was peaking at this time and this album went double platinum apparently. Wow. Mm. Um, I I feel like this song well, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like it's kind of going for a rockabilly feel. Um, it's quite peppy. <laughs> Raise our <laughs> rockabilly a- judge. Some. I'm trying to gauge his reaction. <laughs> That's not what I got from it. But, it's not what you got? Uh, no. That's cool. Um, there's even a saxophone solo in there, but the lead singer, Don, yeah, <laughs> 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 the lead singer, I listened to the whole thing, the whole thing. Lead singer, Donnie Wahlberg, um, sounds like he's trying to channel James Brown <laughs> yep. as he sings about a visit. from. He's, trying. Mm-hmm. he's trying. He's trying. To he's really trying. <laughs> it's humorous. Uh, mm. <laughs> like I said, there's a few songs on this list that I can't listen to. That is one. I, I oh. It was like that rap song from that movie we listened to a few months ago. It just it makes me feel <laughs> sick in my stomach. <laughs> well, let's see if my Donnie Wahlberg story makes you feel any better uh, about it. Ooh, ooh okay. let's hear it. So, as you know, Donnie Wahlberg, Wahlberg uh, <laughs> is married to Jenny McCarthy now. Yeah. 
right? Okay. Yeah. Right. Yep. When they were dating, she said that the best Christmas gift he ever got her, yep. he told her he was going to pay for his her kids to go to college. Mm. Wow. Because she was worried she wouldn't have enough money to send them. Okay. Now, here's the question. Yeah. What do you think Jenny McCarthy's net worth is? Uh, hmm. Let's see. She was on an MTV thing for a while, right? And uh, yeah, also Playboy. She uh, she had a network sitcom mm-hmm. for a little while. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's real money. Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, honestly, right, if I, I added it. all that up right there, it's probably a million dollars, <laughs> and she probably spent it already. I mean, you know, I don't know. Do you want I to take no a stab guess. at it, Ed? I'm gonna I'm gonna say fifteen. She's worth $25 million oh, currently. Wow. So wait a second. Currently. So you're saying at this point, this, this particular Christmas, she's worth $25 million? Yes. How much today do you think Donnie Wahlberg's net worth is? Oh, no. I think Ray's setting wait. us up here. He, hmm. he, he's been on that Blue Blood show yes, he yeah. is. for a while. That's, I mean, that's, that's real money. But he's also I'm investing money in, fa- in failed burger change, too. Yes. He's also spent a lot of his money. So $25 million. Oh, so she's worried that she's going to go broke yeah. if she pays for college. But this guy's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no big deal. And they have the exact same amount of money. So who's getting fleeced well, on this deal? <laughs> I would say the greatest gift he could actually give her is promise to never play this album. <laughs> he will, honey, I'll spend a million and find all the copies and have them destroyed. <laughs> yeah, but she could have lied to him and said she loves this album. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think anyone yeah. wants to lie. Yeah. About that. <laughs> well, he, he, yeah. she probably, it's probably one of those things you don't let her hear until after you're like, you know, you got a ring on it, as they say. <laughs> Put a ring on she it. She might trim the tree to this. Who, who knows? <laughs> so, Ray, you uh, want to tell oh, us yeah. about the next one? I absolutely yeah, do. This is day. another fantastic, mm-hmm. amazing Christmas song. Christmas and a Christmas story. You know, uh, look, I can't help but imagine, I hear that song, come on in, it's party time. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Takes on a whole different meaning now. Mm. But there was a point in time where Gary Glitter was one of the biggest stars in all of England. Mm -hmm. Multiple number one hits, best-selling albums, and that song is called Another Rock and Roll Christmas. Unfortunately, as life goes on, uh, Gary Glitter does some really dumb things with little kids. In multiple countries. Dumb like oh. as an evil cat. Like as an evil, yes. Oh, no. Other than describe- Merry Christmas, everyone. Well, Vietnam, uh, several other countries too, so. Yeah, he's been bouncing around. So what I am going to do, since that's so horrible, I'm going to give you a YouTube comment that was yeah. on the video. Here's the comment. <laughs> Wait, on the music awesome. video for the song? Yes, yes. Okay. Okay. Awesome song. Contrary to popular belief, no children are going to be harmed if you listen to this song. <laughs> and it doesn't make you a kitty fiddler if you actually like what? this song. Oh. That was a comment on the video. Wow. Now, wait, what was the username? Was it G Glitter? <laughs> I did not check, but that's a funny thing because the next comment I have to make, while he went on the run at one point, okay, and he was hiding in the south of Spain on his boat, living yep. there. So he gave the natives a fake name to throw him off his trail. Yep. This is what this idiot came up with. Mr. Gary Glitter used yep. Larry Brilliant 
as his fake name. <laughs> That's how he got Real caught. Under, under the radar name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we don't have a glitter here, but we do have a right. brilliant. <laughs> he kind of looks like him, too. Larry, Gary. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> And yeah. that's not so, even his real name. His name is like Paul something, right? Yeah, it's Paul something. So he couldn't even, he could have used his real name. Yeah, exactly. Nobody would have known who he was. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but he was probably dressed like himself with the glitter oh. and the boots and the <laughs> everything. Probably humming this song under his breath the whole time. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of his songs take oh, on a creepy yeah. tone now yeah. when you look back oh, at them. Come on in, it's party time. Yeah. Mm. Mm. He does have a, I'll tell you what though, his discography is fantastic. Mm. Isn't that his song that they play at all those sporting events, Ed? Yeah, it's it's uh, <laughs> rock and roll part two. Yeah. Right? Um, but but yeah, he's very like anthem rock sing along kind of mm-hmm. kind of music. Yeah, I don't. Know, I wonder if he could be making any money off of that anymore. And you're right, he's in a, like a prison camp in Vietnam now or something like that. But uh, yeah, I don't know if he can make money yeah. while he's in jail. But yeah, mm. it's got to go somewhere. Mm. All right, you know, I I. Listen to this song like six times the day I was researching it. So that money's got to go somewhere. Merry Christmas, everybody. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, Ed and I, we want to tell you about another song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, actually, Ed, uh, if you don't mind, because so this is one of the songs that Ed talks about in his book. But um, because <laughs> because we've been playing clips of the songs at the very beginning. And because this is mm-hmm. the Pogues, and the folks are familiar with the Pogues, this is another group where it's like the Pogues, they have like a huge fan, like really hardcore fan base. And I had never listened to a Pogues song until this one. Mm-hmm. Are you guys familiar with this song? Mm-hmm. You yes. are? Oh, you are? Were yeah. you already before you listened to it for the show? Yeah. Yes. I like oh, the Pogues. Okay. All right, then that's fine. You know what? Because regardless of all that, once again, it's time to play. <laughs> I beg your pardon. What did you say? Because I got to tell you, when I listened to this song, I don't know what this dude was saying. So you just, if you can tell me what the lyrics are to this portion of the song, I, I would appreciate it. About, I've got a feeling. Something about. He's well, got a feeling. You know, the beginning. I've got a feeling. About, yeah. <laughs> came in at 10 to 1. It, it's uh, betting on a horse, I believe. Oh. Came in at 10 to 1. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've got yep. a feeling. But yeah, it's a guy in a drunk tank. It's the fairy tale of New York. A guy guy in a, a drunk tank. And the kind of the story behind this, Elvis Costello was, was um, producing the Pogues at the time. Oh. And he challenged the lead singer, Shane McGowan. Uh, he said, I bet you can't write a Christmas du- duet um, with the bass player, Kate O'Rourden, who ended up being Mrs. Elvis Costello oh, at some okay. point. Um, and it was like a couple of years in the making and Costello and O'Rourden left. And he eventually did come up with a, a duet and they uh, Christy McCall um is is the foil in the song mm-hmm. and it's about uh a uh, kind of a a rough relationship and it gives you a glimmer of hope at the end but it's uh christmas time in new york and the guys in a dr- uh in a drunk tank and they give you a little kind of possibility of optimism at the end and uh i really like it it's uh <laughs> it's definitely a rough hard christmas song but it like 
uh, like Ray was saying, like I like having a little chaser to my uh, saccharine <laughs> sweet Christmas songs. Uh, this this is you know opens up. He's in the drunk tank and he's you can barely understand what he says. And if you if you listen to him interviewed today. Mm-hmm. He he's harder to understand oh. now. Oh boy! Because I think he's he's put on a few decades of hard living on oh. top of that, so he's tough to understand in interviews. <laughs> oh, I think you see the opposite. It's kind of like the moment in Beetlejuice oh, where no, he suddenly no. talks about his uh, resume. You know, he speaks clear, clear as day. <laughs> I would advise against the John Bon Jovi update last year. Mm. Uh, bon Bon Jovi oh, right. tr- tried to do it with a fake Irish accent yeah, and he played and he played both parts of the duet and it and watered down the lyrics. And it was, it was, I don't know. Do you know I, I struggled with that. Do one. you know what the crazy that. part of that is on that version? What? There's women what? doing background vocals on the other part. <laughs> yeah. It's not like there was no women in the studio. Yeah. Right. You could have had somebody. I mean, you know, <laughs> hand, them, hand them the lyric sheet and go, Hey, you right. know what? There's a girl part in this Can song. Can you do me a favor? Yeah. Uh, the- um, and Christy McCall, I think she died right around Christmas. Oh, years later, hmm. um, in a in a awful accident in Mexico, like a water skiing accident or something. The show is taking oh, a weird Mexico. turn about Christmas. Yeah, I, Merry <laughs> Christmas, I believe, everyone! Again, uh, I believe the driver of the boat was listening to the Bon Jovi uh, version and had to cover his ears, and the boat lost control. He wanted to spare her hearing it. The, the Pogue's mm. Twitter account retweeted a post by Irish musician Rob Smith saying, this is with regard to the Bon Jovi song, saying, quote, I have heard Bon Jovi's cover of Fairy Tale of New York. It's the worst thing to ever happen to music, and I'm including the murder of John Lennon. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I heard McGowan say, oh, yeah, it's fine, but I think he's getting paid for Bon Jovi's version. Oh, so yeah. He was, oh, that was my he thought. Was yeah. happy enough to, yeah. He was happy enough for new album sales, but he... Nobody could be a fan yeah. of that one. <laughs> in the video of the song, you see a young uh, Matt Dillon playing a police, the police officer who actually brings McGowan into the to the holding tank there, the drunk tank. It, according to this story, McGowan and the rest of the band were drinking throughout the shoot that the actual police, because they shot it in a police station, became concerned about their increasingly rowdy behavior. And Matt <laughs> Dillon, who was sober, had to intervene and reassure them that there would be no problem. Yeah. The only other thing I want to add is is that uh, Shane McGowan is actually born on Christmas, 1957. Wow. Yes. By the way, the lyrics, if you want to know, he said came in 18 to one, and I thought he meant Mm -hmm. the time that he got hauled into the jail. But (laughs) I've got a feeling this year's for me and you. So happy Christmas. All right. Who's next on here? Uh, Uh, This is Spinal Tap. Christmas (laughs) with the Devil. Oh, I love Spinal Tap. I mean, for a parody band, these are the guys are excellent musicians. All these guys, yeah, oh, absolutely. And this could easily be any of these other. Well, I mean, maybe they're not as skilled as some of the other groups we're going to hear on this list, but <laughs> this could be a legitimate song. I mean, it is a song. It is a legitimate song. Yeah. Hey, they are legitimate. Um, they're as good as probably half the bands on this list. Come on. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> I read that. Uh, I did. I didn't see in the version I I was watching on YouTube, but I read that they finished the actual album. Or maybe it was written on the album, but after Christmas with the Devil, it said, "This is Spinal Tap, wishing you and yours the most joyous holiday season. Yes. God bless us, everyone." <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, and uh, they performed this song mm. in, in May of 1984 on Saturday Night Live, right? Mm. Complete with Christmas they, decorations. 
a big uh, skull thing with yeah. glowing red eyes, <laughs> and a <laughs> man dressed as a reindeer dragging a Santa bag, <laughs> throwing snow in the air. It's is a very Spinal Tap version of a Christmas song. Yeah, but as always, you know, I got to throw a little something extra on because I oh, go down the man. rabbit hole on everything. Harry Shearer and his wife Judith Owens. Yeah. Uh, do this thing called Christmas Without Tears, mm. which originally started in their home where they invited all their friends over Christmas time because she's, they live out in California. Mm-hmm. And she said, I get so depressed because the weather's not here during the holidays. <laughs> so to cheer her up, their friends came over and they would do skits and play music and sing together. Mm. And then in 2005, they turned it into a charity event that they mm. still do today where all their mm. friends get together and they do it for charity and they just all do their skits and sing and have a good time. And now they oh. give all the money away. So I thought that was really cool. That, that is. is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I can't imagine celebrating Christmas in some of these, uh, you know, in the South or on the, on the West coast. It's yeah. I think that would be a bummer, especially if you came from an area where it snowed every Christmas. Right. If you're used mm-hmm. to pushing your car out of a ditch on the way to grandma's, <laughs> what is sunshine going to do for mm-hmm. you on Christmas morning? <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, growing up in Jersey City, uh, you had to learn how to rock your car in and out of oh, a parking yeah. space. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hi, hi. We're your weather girl. Uh-huh. And have we got holiday news for you. You better remember. This is an open letter to Mr. Santa Claus. Bopping around there. Yep. The weather girls. I was waiting for her to say it's raining Santa's. (laughs) Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Yeah. I'll get to that. But yes, this is Dear Santa, Bring Me a Man This Christmas. (laughs) It's the third track on the 1983 album Success. The, Mm -hmm. um, well, yeah, the weather girls are uh, Isora, Isora Armstead and Martha Wash, but we know them and their voices better or best from their number one hit on the U.S. dance chart. It's raining men, <laughs> of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, and that's also on this album. Uh, this song is not unlike it's raining men, um, in that we have a meteorological reference. <laughs> the phrase, let it snow, let it snow <laughs> takes on a whole new they meaning. They are the weather girls. Yeah, <laughs> they are. And, uh, as the women argue their case and list their Wants and desires for the holiday season. <laughs> so, um, and really few... explicit detail. It's <laughs> quite shocking. Oh, oh, yes. <laughs> you know, I'm starting to think this whole episode is like the filthy, well, not 15, 12, the 12 filthy 12 of Christmas. Yeah. Songs of Christmas. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I call this one Ho, Ho, Ho. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Hey. All right. <gasps> so, this is a genuine oh. question. Are all their songs mm-hmm. weather related? <laughs> That's such a good question that I don't have the answer to. Uh, no, I don't. But now I, I want to find so. out. <laughs> um, no, I just but, to, but oh, what I will say, all their songs are about men in one way or another. <laughs> yeah, and we know the, the It's Raining Men is written by Paul Schaefer, of course. I'm curious if they just knocked it. There's not very little information I think about who wrote it. Maybe maybe there is online somewhere. I don't know. Did, you, did you see who wrote this one? You know, this one, I didn't no. happen to make note of it. I wonder if they just oh, knocked sure it off or, or, or if, you know, Schaefer was still involved in uh, writing music for them. I'm not sure. I know sure. on their Wikipedia page, he's yeah. listed as one of the musicians on the album. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
I just want to add on, um, yep. there's a few classic Christmas song strains that are woven in mm -hmm. at the beginning and the end. Yep. Um, like the, the Christmas song, Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire, and there's a little joy to the world <laughs> at the end. Filthy 12, the filthy 12. <laughs> How do the weather girls talk about the chestnuts? Uh, in so many ways. <laughs> but so this does have a holiday feel to it at times, but holiday feel. Oh, cat, you should never have said that. <laughs> but mostly it's just kind of groovy and yep. fun. And the end, mm -hmm. if you let yourself listen to the end, yep. it turns out Santa is the man. Oh, <laughs> oh. they are. Mm -hmm. And he, he yeah, you oh. got to hear him at the end. What a journey they took us on. <laughs> they did. <laughs> and I, I can tell you this video looks like it's the original TikTok video. Oh man. <laughs> like it is just yes, a watch this one bad too. camera. They didn't yeah, even bother to get dressed up or anything. And they're in the <laughs> living room. God knows where and they're just like, roll it. Well, yep. they have like these scarves on that almost look like gift wrap or like a big bow. Or, uh, it's fun. Cool. Uh, okay. So, uh, right. You've got the next two. Oh, I don't know if there's a combo yeah. or you want to just. Yeah. I made these a combo because they're both members of the, the Filthy 15. It's weird because I yep. made this list and like every single one of these songs has a tragedy. Even that last one, the, one of those singers is already dead from the Weather Girls. Yeah. Oh, yes. Not man. Martha Wash. She's still alive. No, the other one. Okay. Yeah. The other one. The dead one. Um, anyways, <laughs> Venom, Black Christmas. That's right. My playlist this year for Christmas is really going to piss off my mom <laughs> when Venom <laughs> fires up during <laughs> gift opening. Yeah. Um, Will you turn that down? <laughs> once again. Uh, Venom opened yep. their 1987 album with a Christmas song. Mm. Black Christmas is the, the opening track mm -hmm. of that album. Wow. <laughs> um, they have only played it, as far as I know, once since its release. And that was at, uh, of all things, uh, 2015's Black Christmas Festival in Sweden. Hmm. Uh, the headliners of this? Was this, I mean, the festival uh, they well, created, I guess? I mean, no, this is just a... A Annual Christmas event? festival. Hmm. Yeah. You know, Sweden. Okay. They like, uh, you know, black metal and, you know, I'm assuming right. Krampus probably hangs Krampus, out there. Yeah. 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 I mean, so uh, I'm sure this was like a highlight of the show yeah. to, to see them play this. It's probably mm. pretty wild. <clears throat> but similar to Venom, uh, King Diamond, uh, formerly of Merciful Fate, released this song for Christmas. No presents for Christmas. <laughs> when King left uh, Merciful Fate, this was the first single his new band, King Diamond, released in 1985. Mm. Before their first album, this thing has like uh, jingle bells at the beginning. And yes, yes. It's, uh, it's fantastic. But the, yeah. this really does show a different side of him. Like I can have a little fun too with my, you know, Satanism. So I like this one. Yeah, when Ooh. I played this one yeah. to listen to it. <laughs> It shows his face, the black diamond guy. What's his mm -hmm. name? King you know, Diamond. He's all, yes. King Diamond. King Diamond. Sorry. Oh, I said thing. Okay. And and then I hear Jingle Bell starting. And yeah. It was so incongruous. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, he does play this on occasion around Christmas time still. 
but the band will come back out on stage dressed as Santa Clauses. Hmm. So <laughs> that's, that's a that's, that's pretty cool. That's got to be a sight. Yeah. yeah. What's happening? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the lights go down. And Venom, and so and King Diamond is the one who really was a Satanist, not anymore. He's reformed yes. now. Satanist reformed. Well, no, he's not reformed. He's an atheist he's now. now. Right. Uh, and Venom was more than, some people think they were just putting it on, right? As far as their. Uh, I'm not real sure where they're at on the spectrum. Yep. Like, I think he's got some deal with the devil to keep that hair on the back of his head. Because like I've <laughs> Does said, he still have it? It's That line goes straight across the center. Oh. Bald in the front, it's like, like a shogun. It's warrior not business in the front. It's Kojak yeah. in the front and yeah. party in the that's back. That, that's that shogun warrior, isn't that the shogun look? It's from, crazy. Like, feudal Japan or something. It's crazy though, because it's just kind of receding yeah, like the, that way. The Qing Dynasty. Yeah, he's yeah. got the. <laughs> it is crazy. Actually, I read something that he said it really bugged him that that no. um, people wanted were vilifying them, uh, you know, for being Satanists or whatever. Because he said, well. If somebody goes to watch a movie, you know, a horror movie, does that yeah. make them, you know, right. you know, like, why can't they listen to our music? And it, it's the same idea. You know, we don't mm -hmm. mean it. You saw The Exorcist and you didn't possess anybody. Right. All right. Doesn't, <laughs> doesn't mean we didn't try. <laughs> All right. Last song. <laughs> yep. Right. Okay. Okay. This is another song I think you could help me with here, Ed. Um, the last song of our, no, this isn't, this isn't filthy. This is wholesome. This is as wholesome as you get. <laughs> it's maybe the uh, little Christmas wrapping is my absolute favorite 1980s Christmas song, but this is a close second. <laughs> as you know, I'm a huge fan of hip hop. It's Christmas in Hollis by Run DMC. It was December 24th on Hollis Avenue, the dark, when I seen a man chilling with his dog in the park. I approached him very slowly with my heart full of fear, looked at his dog, oh my God, a ill so this this was this was kind of cool uh so jimmy iovine um you know producer engineer of the stars yep. and future billionaire yes. um he he was putting out this this uh charity christmas album um and he cut out the middleman and just you know he was so big he just contacted oh Tom Petty or whoever, you know, he just contacted and it was becoming a big deal. And the, um, the publicist for run DMC was like, you guys need to be on there. And these guys are like, no, this is corny. We're not, we're not, <laughs> we're not going to do some commercial, you know, some cheesy thing. And the publicist gave jam master J a copy copy of uh clarence carter's backdoor santa and he's like you can do something cool with this and jam master j and this is sort of how uh walk this way came about too jam master j said oh i can work with this and we can do something cool here and then um dmc and run got on got on board because jam master j like did a cool remix with it and they did it and then dmc was like all right we're gonna we're gonna talk about rap about things that happen in my community that are never featured in any sort of Christmas uh, art of any kind. And he talked about having chicken and collard greens and he just talked about what Christmas was like for him. And this really had not been addressed in any songs, movies, television shows. And so it was kind of a cool secular Christmas song that featuring a, um, 
community that nobody really had uh, focused on before before 1986, seven? Seven, yeah. Seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, of course, a lot of people were first introduced to it Maybe in the in movies, right? Including the greatest Christmas uh, film to come out of the 1980s, and as it says so. In, it says so in Ed's book, <laughs> not the greatest. Well, but he does confirm that Die Hard is a Christmas movie in this. Oh, right. and that's book. and now it's, it's in a book. It's, it's a fact print. now. Yes. We're, we're not, there's no debate anymore. Come it turns on. out, it turns out DMC didn't know his song was going to be in Die Hard, and he was on an airplane when it premiered. He, but uh, when he when he landed, his pager was going off like crazy. Uh, when he was able finally to get to a phone, a phone and call somebody to ask, "What is going on? Why is everyone paging me?" They told him, <laughs> "This movie Die Hard just came out. You've got to see it. Your song is in the movie. Opens the film." Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, I mean, Run DMC really was the first commercial hip hop success. There was maybe you could point to like one single by LL Cool J, but for the most part, that mm-hmm. Tougher Than Leather or, or uh, Raising Hell was was the first time that mm-hmm. hip hop was able to sell. Uh, I, you know, and it occurs to me, Bon Jovi did a cover of Backdoor Santa too, didn't he? <laughs> oh, God. I don't know if it's any. Did he, he, he watered down the lyrics and did it all in an <laughs> Irish accent. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not very good. I can tell you that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that but, should be the name of his yep. Christmas album, by the way. John Bon Jovi's album should be eh, not very good, but it's a Christmas album. <laughs> <laughs> that, and that should be and the he title. Does it in oh, an accent. It should be meh, Christmas. Oh, oh, whatever. Oh, that's <laughs> okay. Hey, uh, that is our, our 12 uh, songs there. We want to thank our very special guest, Ed Daly, for joining us. You've got to check out, well, check out his podcast that he's the co host on. I insist. It's very clear on that of the baller lifestyle. But uh, more especially, hey, you got the, you can get this now. It's available. You can get this as a Christmas present for a person who is crazy about Christmas. Uh, and it won't, mm-hmm. it's guaranteed not to ruin their Christmas. Uh, even though it's maybe overexposure to Christmas. But uh, the Christmas book, The Ultimate Guide to Your Favorite Holiday, available everywhere by Ed Daly. Thank you so much, Ed, for your book and for helping us out today with these uh, 12 songs. Uh, thanks so much for having me on. And as I, I told you guys at the top, I'm I'm a fan. I, I like like you, I, 80s were very important to me. And it's it's Yay. great how you embrace it and uh, and let listeners get to revisit things that maybe they, they hadn't thought about for a little while. And it's 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 terrific. He was a lot of fun. He was fun. <laughs> yeah. That was cool. That was great. Now I'm going to put my plug in for folks to bother Ed to have Ray mm-hmm. on in their show because Ray knows sports and sports stories. That's oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I love talking sports. Maybe I shouldn't try to pressure him live on a show like this. Sorry, I won't do that. Yeah, he'll get over it. <laughs> All right, cool. Or his, his host will. But hey, yeah. Yeah. before we go, yeah. you, you're obviously aware my favorite Christmas song is not from the is not from the eighties. It's yes, from the nineties. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. It's in so this book. I, it's in this book. I fixed the lyrics. Oh, okay. Oh. So I fixed them. You fixed Got it, it right so, here right. for you. No, so what, now what? it's an eighties song. Oh, right? okay. Oh, yep. okay. <laughs> I want a lot for Christmas. There's a ton of shit I need. <laughs> Wood grain Atari twenty six hundred with asteroids and centipede. Oh. <laughs> An Ecto-1 <laughs> to call my own. Rubik's Cube and Garfield phone. Oh my Make gosh. a wish come true. Oh I want to celebrate a 1980s Christmas with you. Oh my God, that was amazing. Oh my gosh. So now it's an 80s song. That's wonderful. <laughs> that was beautiful. Yeah, really. I, I like it a lot. I may actually finish that one. Yeah. Because you know what do. else? You know what else I found that rhymed? Yeah. Hmm. Skeletor, Battle Cat, and He-Man. <laughs> 
tickets to see Duran Duran. <gasps> oh my gosh, we need a second verse. All right, Ray, look, oh I'll get the, I'll lay down the tracks. <laughs> All right, gotta have a recording session. Get this All done. All right, I'll finish the rest of. Gotta get this More. done in time for Christmas. I was All gonna right. tell you to say something about Frogger, but forget it. You did it, Duran Duran. You got Duran right. Duran in there. Yes. <laughs> I'll work on the rap break. Yeah, break down. <laughs> All right, oh hey, uh, this show uh, is, is uh, brought to you by the many wonderful supporters of our show, including and especially our producer level, I don't know what we call it on Patreon, but whatever. Our producer level uh, supporters, John Henderson, Craig Coletta, Bart Arnold, John Kaminsky, and John Reddick. And if you want to hear more of Ray's awesome 80s yes. Christmas song, then please go to patreon.com slash 1980s now. And show your support. Show some love. <laughs> Can't wait to see the music video for that. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> see if we get Matt Dillon in there. Oh, yeah. Um, hey, we will talk to you next time on 1980s Now. See ya. Later.